Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast, Esme's Country Life. First off, I'd just like to apologise for um, how late this podcast is coming out. I And also if I sound a little bit snuffly because I've been really, really poorly and really, really ill lately. Um, I meant to last week film this podcast and... Um, I knew I was coming down with a cold and I thought, you know what, I'll shake it off soon. It'll be fine. I'll just wait until I'm a little bit better. And then each day kind of went on and I just got worse and worse. And it actually got to the point where I completely lost my voice. Today is one of the first days where um, I'm not coughing or sneezing every five minutes. So fingers crossed this all goes well and that um, I'm seem well enough and I don't sound like an old man like I was a few days ago because I feel like that probably wouldn't be the most sort of nice thing to listen to um, in your day to day Um, and also hopefully I won't have to make a lot of cuts because normally when I do my podcast I literally just sit here for about 40 minutes and I chat away and I probably only need to make what four or five cuts max and I can imagine that if I just started like sneezing or coughing all the way through That would be a pain to edit. But anyway, I'm feeling a lot better now. I don't know what it is, but recently my immune system has been really bad. I don't know if it's from like after the pandemic. I remember when I was in school, I would never get ill. Like I can probably remember all the days that I had off sick as a kid at school. And then obviously I think it's because at school you're mixing around with kids all the time. Um, You know, your immune system, it kind of sees everything. You're with people. And I feel like my job now is totally different. I'm normally outside with the horses and not really with many people. So it's normally when I go away that I get ill. So um, I think... I got ill probably from the plane journey because obviously you're with a lot of people in a confined area. So recently, you probably heard from the last podcast, I've been in um, Dublin and Belfast for my book tour. So I've got two more days left on my book tour that I'm going to be doing. So once this podcast's out, I probably would have done I would have done the Piccadilly one in London, so that's quite good fun. Um, but anyway, talking about Dublin, just thought I'd let you know that um, today's podcast is very kindly sponsored by the Dublin Horse Show. Um, the Dublin Horse Show is taking place between the 9th and the 13th of um, August, and I'm going to be there on the Wednesday, Thursday, and the Friday. Got to say, I think the Friday is probably my favourite day because it's the Aga Khan, that's like the really big competition that it is very tense. That's the one that everybody wants to watch. Everybody is cheering on their favourite teams. So really excited for that. I'm going to be doing meet and greets there too. Also, something that I can't believe I haven't even talked about yet is that um, this podcast is in number one in the UK in the leisure category. So first off, I've only done like, this is my third episode I'm filming. I've only, with only two episodes, you lot have made this podcast number one. So thank you so much. That is honestly like speechless when I first found that out, like absolutely wild. So thank you so much. Um, one of the reasons, it was actually quite funny when I was like going through the categories for my podcast because there were lots of different ones and it was really tricky to pick which, which sort of category to put it in. So I decided leisure was probably the best because I'm talking about this, that and the other in my sort of country life. And I thought that's probably the the best one to go for um because it's not really like although I talk about horse stuff and that's the sport I wouldn't really say it's under the sports category it's not really under business or that kind of thing so thought leisure was the best um also going back to me being ill I have just thought of a really funny story because um some of you might not know this but both my parents um my dad doesn't anymore because he works for me full time but both my parents as I was growing up uh, my mum still does worked for the NHS so worked in the sort of medical sector 
doctors, that kind of thing. So growing up, me and, that's probably one of the reasons why I never had a day off school is because me and my brother, like, we could never pull a sick day because my parents were like, girl, we, we know you're not ill. We, like, we've been to university and trained to know that you're pulling a sickie. So um, I had no excuse to have an ill day. Um, although my brother did try to pull sickie once, and this is such a funny story because I remember, I think it was a day where my dad was at home and my brother was feeling like not quite right at school. Like he probably just had like, you know, the common cold, that kind of thing. Or he just like had a headache or something. So I want to go home. So he said to his teacher, he didn't feel well. And they were like, okay, we'll get your dad to come in, that kind of thing. My dad came in, full on doctor's briefcase, everything. Did a full examination of my brother and went to the teacher. Nah, he's fine. He can stay in school. And they drove home. To be fair, the local um like school that we went to was literally like a mile down the road so it's not like it was a big drive for my dad to like come in and pick him up or anything but yeah my brother never tried to pull a sick day after that um I think like I really can't really remember many sick days I had I remember I think the whole time I was at primary school I remember getting an award when I was in primary school because me and another kid were the only two kids that didn't have a single day off school in that whole year I remember getting like a little teddy or something as because I, I got the best like attendance or something. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing all right now. I'm, I'm over my cold. So hopefully um, my immune system does get a little bit better. And I think it's just when I see a lot of people all at once. So like whenever I go out to a city or a town, because I'm not used to seeing people living out in the sticks. But yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now. So that is good. So I thought I'd talk about some of the cool things that I've sort of been up to lately. One of the things I did not know this existed until my boyfriend booked it. And that is we went dog swimming. That probably sounds really strange. So basically, um, there's this local place near to where I live. And um, it's on an industrial estate. It's in like this kind of unit. And basically, you can take your dog swimming there. So um, I've talked about it in previous podcasts and videos and things that my boyfriend has um a labrador called ruby she is adorable and um being a lab she does like water like she does her favorite thing if there's a muddy puddle she will be like peppa pig she will jump in there she will get as dirty as possible she does like swimming but she's never i've never seen her swim where her feet can't touch the ground like she loves jumping in rivers and it's been like we've had a lot of floods lately where we are like there's just been water absolutely everywhere all of the rivers have like burst their banks um so she had a whale of time swimming well I say swimming kind of paddling in that water having a lot lot of fun but yeah she's not very confident when she can't touch the bottom so we thought you know what found out about this dog swimming pool let's go there so if you can imagine I don't really know how big I'd describe the pool was Stat for me standing up it probably went like up to my shoulders just below my shoulders um so it was quite deep and um there was a little ramp so the dog could kind of go down the ramp first just to get kind of used to the water that kind of thing and it was quite warm as well I was very happy that it was warm we first walked in I could see all the steam coming off I was like thank goodness because I don't want to be standing in this pool like shivering I am such a cold person I get cold very easily so I was very thankful for that but it wasn't like hot tub temperature I'd say it's sort of the sort of warm that you would have to like wash your hands with that sort of not cold not warm just like in the middle anyway so um it was really cute ruby had a little life jacket so we put that on her um and there was a lady there that was kind of like instructing us slash 
I was going to say a doggy lifeguard. I don't think that's probably her official role. She like runs the pool and makes sure, you know, everything's doing, everyone's doing everything safely, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we kind of put, um, Ruby loves food. So we brought, so there were some treats there, which is great because we were like, okay, we're going to have to do some food bribery. And I think she really did want to come in because we were all there like in the pool and she was like, oh, I kind of want to join in. But I think she was just a little bit nervous about getting her like, yeah, going in the deeper areas. So she kind of went down the um, ramp. We bribed her with some food. There were lots of toys as well. And then she kind of got to the stage where she slowly kind of built up her confidence, got deeper down the ramp. And then because she had a little life jacket on, um, my boyfriend kind of was like, okay, well, I'll just kind of like hold her in the water and she can kind of like doggy paddle around. And at first she was a little bit like, oh my goodness, I can't touch the bottom. But of course, like, she was with us. She was like, okay. I'm safe like I'm, I'm not gonna be drowning anytime soon so um it was really nice and then gradually she built up her confidence and I think she just got so distracted by all the toys and all the treats that we had um that she didn't really like realize that she couldn't touch the bottom anymore and obviously she was floating with the life jacket on then she started to build up her confidence it was really nice to see and we we're basically just throwing this toy across and we we're playing fetch and she just started to like basically dive bomb in not even diving she just kind of like belly flopped in like she made a lot of splashes um and then gradually like she got to the stage where she was swimming really confidently which was so nice to see as um I've never seen her like properly swim without touching the bottom and we honestly like that was money well spent if you have a dog that likes water take them dog swimming because I honestly have not had uh, that much fun in like a long time like that I don't know what it is, just swimming with a dog, it was incredible, it's just one of those things that you don't really, it's not something you'd normally do on just, you know, a Friday night, that kind of thing, but there we go, I would definitely recommend that if you have any local doggy pools to you, um, it is like a pool literally just for dogs, like you can't go, you know, swimming there just to, you know, do some breaststroke or that kind of thing, um, like the pool wasn't huge, it was enough that you could, I could like swim like a little bit to one side, but it was basically like a big freestanding paddling pool, but like a proper big deep one, um, it had like all insulation around it to keep it warm, um, but no, doggy swimming, would, would really recommend that, we, we, we really want to go back sometime soon, because we all had so much fun, talking about swimming, I just thought of a really interesting slash weird slash funny story about um when I went to Norway back in November so um I really like when I go on holiday I really like going on city breaks I love going to different countries experiencing different cultures which I'm really really lucky to do especially like in my job I'm very lucky that I do travel quite a bit but um me and my boyfriend we wanted to go on a trip um well, us two and then also his brother and his brother's girlfriend. So there were the four of us together. Uh, my boyfriend and um, his brother went last year to Norway and they had such a good time. They were like, okay, we need to bring the girls. That'll be really good fun. So we went on a little trip, the four of us. We um, It was really nice. We were only there. Well, like Norway is quite expensive, so we didn't go for long. We went for... I think it was two nights so we went three days and the three days were kind of like we woke up really really early in the morning got the first flight out and then on the way home got back really late um so we kind of made the most of the three days while we were out there so the first day we kind of just had a little walk around the city a little bit of an explore um we went and saw like the opera house and all the views from up there and also it had like Norway had proper snow when we went so um that was quite good fun um it was yeah very snowy so it was quite nice being I think I was going to say that probably is the first time I've been to a country where it's like proper snow. I've like seen snow before, but English or British snow, it just isn't quite the same. Like we will have 
a few millimetres of snow and then all the schools closed, all the roads closed, nobody goes to work. Um, the, the country is in panic as soon as it starts snowing over here because we're just not used to it. Especially like all the cars don't have proper like snow tyres either. So it was nice to see proper deep snow. But the thing is, it didn't actually... Everyone was like, oh my gosh, it was in the way like properly cold. But actually, I think the UK's level of cold, I'd say is probably worse, even though obviously we don't have snow. I think it's because... Everyone I know that's from like a cold country, I've got one of my best friends is from Canada and she says the UK cold, it's like at a different level because it's normally wet and windy. So it feels like 10 degrees colder than it actually is, um, even though we don't get snow very often. So um, because it was sunny when we went and it wasn't that windy, it didn't actually feel that cold. Also, one of the days we went for a really big hike up this hill and then we could see the whole of Oslo which was the city that we were staying in um from the top and that was really beautiful and then we were in the snow and that kind of thing we went to this ice lake too which was really cool um at first I was like oh my goodness like being very British I was like I do not want to walk on an ice lake in case you know we fall through but all the locals were there on it and it must have been like a good meter or so thick ice because it is a proper cold country but in the UK you're very much like the thought of walking on an ice lake is absolutely terrifying. So um, that was really good fun. Anyway, on to the weird story. So while we were in Norway, on our last day, we thought, okay, we've done quite a lot of different things. How about we have more of like a relaxing day? We had like a few, basically we had a few hours to go somewhere, kind of nearish the airport before we went. So we thought, you know what? There's a really nice like spa hotel here. Why don't we go for like a little spa afternoon? We can go in the swimming pools, go in like the saunas, that kind of thing, get some lunch there. We thought, oh no, that would be a nice, you know, idea to warm up. So we went to the spa place. My boyfriend had didn't bring any swimming stuff. Luckily, the other three of us, did bring swimming stuff so um one of the first things he did ask was like can I buy some of your like swimming trunks now like, yeah yeah that's fine you just like you had to have this um what's it called kind of like a um like a wristband and I had like a little chip in and then it was connected to like your card so you could basically they would track if you'd bought stuff so if you wanted to you know buy some food or that kind of thing you could use um your wristband rather than you know having to bring your phone in or bring your card in or all that kind of stuff so you could wear it in the pool and the saunas that kind of thing so anyway um they they gave us like this little thing of instructions and it was just like normal kind of like spa rules like don't bring your phone in because people are and don't you know eat in the pool and that kind of stuff and we're like oh, okay um and then so we went in thought you know normal spa obviously in different countries there are different cultures and um in the UK getting changed naked in front of everybody isn't a very normal thing I I feel like the British people we are very reserved so um and I've been to like Scandinavian kind of countries before like when I was in Denmark for the World Equestrian Games world championships that's what it's called now the world championships um I went swimming in the like pool hotel that we were staying at and you know everyone was kind of like naked in the um change rooms which you know in the UK I have like a little cubicle or you know the thought I feel like it's probably is more hygienic like um a lot of pools the rules are you have to like be completely naked have a full-on shower before you get in the pools which when you think about it is more hygienic but in the UK like people literally just have their swimming costume on jump under a shower even if like I feel like not even everyone does that like just jumps under the shower doesn't even wash properly and just gets in the pool it's like ah it's got chlorine in it's all right um so there was that so me and um Sophie we were like okay we're gonna properly you know shower that kind of thing naked okay 
this is a bit different, put on our swimming costumes or our bikinis. Um, and we went, met up with the boys, went in the um, pool for a little bit, swam around, and then we're like, okay, let's have a little walk around because this was a huge spa hotel. Like there were three different floors that you could go on and they had so many different saunas and steam rooms and that kind of thing. We're like, okay, let's have a little explore. Um, I think there was one bit where, I think the lady at the desk said, if you are naked in the saw in the steam rooms you know wrap a towel around you so it was a little bit of a culture shock that at f- so this is like the first thing that we I, we found quite different is that there were people just swimming in the swimming pools like completely like butt naked no swimming costume no bikini no swimming trunks um and they were like okay that's a little bit different um and then this lady came up to us and she was not happy now we don't know if she worked at the spa or if she was just like a spa member um but she came up to us and she was like in shock don't know if she was angry she was she was very like to the point and she just came up to us and she was like what are you wearing you're standing out like a sore thumb you're supposed to wear the spa swimming costumes. And then she pointed at my boyfriend's brother and said, you in the red baggy trunks, you stand out like a sore thumb. And we were all just there like, oh my goodness, we're going to like get thrown out for wearing, I don't know, we're just going to, what have we done wrong? So then we realised, oh goodness, we're not allowed to wear like swimming costumes from outside. And I don't know if that's for a hygiene reason or if it's for um, just, you know, to, for the, a business opportunity for the spa or because you know the, to be fair the swim, I mean I had like a floral kind of swimming costume on I think Sophie's was just like pink but I don't know if it was for the vibes like we were just not wearing very neutral sort of tones I don't know if it was that so anyway we went around well like, okay we paid all this money to get into the spa we might as well enjoy ourselves okay let's just buy you know a bikini so I, ch- I chose the bikini because it was cheaper than the swimming costume and I was like okay it's like an itty bitty bikini but it's fine like it's cheap I'll just it, to be fair it was quite nice like I've chose like a brown one and then the boys oh, this was where it started to get a bit funny because I feel like if you're from different cultures like I know in France like it's normal for people to wear speedos or very like tight swimming trunks in the UK people literally wear like really baggy swimming trunks that look like shorts so both of the boys wore these like super tight speedos and they weren't speedos but you know what I mean and me and Sophie were just we were wetting ourselves we found it the funniest thing and um and then (laughs) it was even funnier I think there was one that was like really tight that were kind of like boxes which my boyfriend's brother had on but then my boyfriend literally had ones that were like girl pants that's the best way I can describe them that like they were tight like his bum cheeks were almost out so that was very funny and then we're like okay it's it's only up from here we've got the right swimming costumes on we're all good we're not these like British tourists that are sticking out like a sore thumb you know we'll try and blend in with the locals so you know then we just went round to all the different steam rooms you know thought okay it's all good now you know that I've got to say it was probably the most amount of naked people I've ever seen in the pool I'd say probably about a third of people were naked but in the steam rooms and the saunas we were like oh wow everybody is butt naked um and then we found out because this I think this was actually somebody that worked in the spa. They came up to us and basically told us off because we were wearing swimming costumes in the steam rooms and in the sauna and he was like yeah at our spa our spa policy is you're not allowed to wear you have to be naked 
to be in the sauna or in the steam rooms. And that blew my mind because I've, in the UK, that would probably be illegal. Like, can you imagine going down to your local Freedom Leisure? You've got Gary from down the road and he's just like butt naked in the pool. Like, I just, I just can't imagine that. So as I said before, you know, we were being very respectful. This is a different culture to what we're used to. Obviously, different things are normal. So we were like, me and Sophie were like, how, like, I don't want to see, you know, maybe my future brother-in-law naked <laughs> i don't want him to see me naked <laughs> like so we we're like oh my gosh like what on earth do we do um so i think what we ended up doing was um because when you were in the sauna a lot of people had like towels down because at first i was like oh my gosh is that unhygienic being like completely naked in a sauna or a steam room um, and then I realized everyone was sitting on towels so me and Sophie just went in with like towels around us and the boys it was a little bit easier because they could just wrap a towel around their waist you know they don't have um boobs so anyway um we've enjoyed the rest of our spa time um me and Sophie absolutely sweating while we were in the um in the like saunas and things with a towel around us or a robe around us um but yeah that was my um Norwegian spa experience if you are from Norway please let me know if that's normal or not because I don't know if they were like English tourists let's just you know mug them off let's make them buy the swimming costumes and you know be naked everywhere but to be fair there were a lot of people that were very comfortable being naked and I feel like for anybody that is British it was just very different to what we're used to um yeah I don't think i like, I've been to some spa hotels and some spa places in the UK on holiday or like as a little getaway kind of long long weekend and I don't think I've ever seen anyone naked at any of them so that was my funny story or my interesting story of my trip to Norway um yeah that was back in February but yeah very a very a very different trip <laughs> I had a really good time though would definitely recommend Nor Norway as a holiday also, one of the things that I really did like about Norway was how, or Oslo, because that's kind of basically the only area that we went to, was this city was so clean, especially compared to, you know, UK cities. Um, also, there was, like, some things that surprised me also with the culture, like, people would just leave their kids out in a pram, like, outside a shop, because it's a lot of, it, this, like, country is really safe. Like, in the UK, if I had a dog, I don't think I'd even leave my own dog like outside a supermarket or a shop. And I remember talking to my granddad about this and he was like, oh, well, you know, 50 years ago, that was probably normal. Probably a little bit more than that, like 60, 70 years ago. But basically, like back in the 40s and 50s in the UK, that's what people would do. You'd just, you know, leave your kid in a pram outside a shop. But you couldn't, you wouldn't dream of doing that now over here. God, that would scare me. I feel like, especially after Joey's had his injury, I mean, I am very protective over my horses. I, they're like my fluffy children, but I feel like I'm going to be one of those mums where I'm going to be like, I'm never going to, like, I'm going to be very paranoid. I'm, yeah, could not imagine that ever. Another thing that's happening in my life, which is very exciting, is that I'm going to be moving back into the cottage. I was going to say finally, but I feel like everybody that I've talked to have, has been like, oh my goodness, you have done all that building work so quickly, which looking back on it, I probably have. 
Although it has felt like a very long process because I went and viewed the house for the first time almost a year ago. It was like end of April, beginning of May, I believe. I got my offer accepted beginning of May, so I think it must have been end of April. So yeah, it's coming up to a year now. Um, as I said before previously with like the whole probate thing, I didn't get the keys until end of October. So the work really started November and then fast forward yeah we've I mean we've done a lot the house has got a new roof I've talked about all that but yeah the carpet is now down I feel like having the carpet down has been the biggest difference the house honestly feels like it's gone from building site to home really really quickly also just after having the roof done I feel like that also made it feel a lot more homey because it is a lot warmer now if you watch my cottage renovation series videos you'll see that in most of the clips if I'm in the house I had like a woolly hat on I had a coat on I had like multiple layers like even when I was doing stuff like painting I was I felt like the Michelin man I had like a a load of layers on and then now like I remember yeah as soon as the roof was done painting in there you know with all my layers on thinking it was going to be cold because it was cold outside and we didn't have any heating on oh my gosh I was I had to strip loads of these clothes off you know I was sweating so goes to show that insulation has made a huge difference so yeah it's scary to think how much like heat I would have lost you know just through the roof so um if you are you know going for a good old home renovation project then I'd definitely recommend if you have the budget for it putting some insulation in because that's probably going to save me quite a lot of money when it comes to you know energy prices and things although I do have a wood burner when that's running oh it does get toasty so I'm very lucky that the cottage has like a little bit of woodland down the bottom so um there's wood there I mean my parents have a lot of wood so I probably maybe steal a few bits of few logs or two from them um although the previous owners did leave me quite a lot of wood so thank you very much previous owners that was very sweet of them um although they did move quite a way away I don't think they probably would have wanted to haul all of that wood along with them but there we go anyway the carpet is down so far upstairs I've moved the bed that was downstairs, because I was living downstairs for a while, because there was carpet moth. I didn't want to move any of my soft furnishings upstairs. So I've got a bed upstairs. I've got a bedside table, which isn't mine. That's actually my parents that I'm stealing for a little bit or borrowing. Um, and yeah, that is pretty much all that's upstairs. I mean, I've got the bathroom. That's all done. So that's really nice. Um, so at the moment, I'm probably on the hunt for some furniture. I'm going to hopefully go to like some local charity shops and things and do some thrifting. Because if you watched my um, tack room renovation series, you'll know that basically my tack room, when I did that all up, I bought loads of secondhand, maybe even thirdhand actually, because there was some pretty old furniture there um, from a charity shop. And you know what it's been serving me well I've been using it well and I feel like a lot of that sort of furniture that's maybe like old looking I can probably like if I style it well I can make it look really nice in the cottage I've had this thing recently where I feel like no item like if that's furniture or a piece of clothing I don't think anything's like ugly like you know when some people's like oh my gosh that thing there like that is ugly. Like I just think, you know, it's not in the right aesthetic. Like you, so there are some things that are, that will probably be in my home that will look a little bit old, a little bit cottagey. And in like a modern house, like yeah, that would stick out like a sore thumb, like that lady was saying earlier. But I feel like if you style something right or if it's with the right aesthetic, then I feel like, you know, 
there are just some things that are meant to be with others and you can really style it well so um that's what I'm gonna do when I go thrifting I'm gonna go on like oh I find it quite fun I feel like I'm going on a treasure hunt like you go through loads of different stuff and then you find that one thing where your heart kind of goes like oh my goodness this is what I've been looking for for so long that I never realized I knew um that I wanted but I don't know if anybody else is like that I'm like that when I go shopping like I'm kind of like meh 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 and then there's something and I'm just like oh my goodness I love it I know some people will probably hate it but for me in my heart I absolutely love it so um yeah I've been looking at some websites online that do like secondhand furniture antique furniture that kind of thing so I've been looking around at that too um but yeah I feel like also a lot of the stuff in charity shops is often like a darker wood I feel like obviously you can paint things but if it's like a really pretty dark wood I don't really want to paint paint some things I feel like some things just look better in the wood don't want to spoil spoil it but um also in my house like all the beams that we have the structural beams which you know if you've been watching the series you'll know that we have had a bit of a palaver with those but they're all good now the structural beams are actually doing their job so my house isn't falling down um they're actually quite a dark wood so I feel like if I did find you know a very old chest of drawers that was like a dark wood that most people would probably look at and be like that is a little bit ugly and that is not for me I feel like if I style it correctly in the cottage it could actually look very cute so that's what I'm on the hunt for at the moment um probably a little bit similar to my tack room maybe not as oldie style as my tack room I'll probably go for more of a cottagey look but you never know I have to wait and see what I find um so that's going really well also I'm gonna have to do a lot of measurements because the stairs we had a bit of fun taking my bed up there um there was some little areas that we might have scratched the paintwork going up the stairs which was not very good but we did only do end up doing one coat on the stairs in the end or like the banister slash panelling going up the stairs not the actual stairs because that's carpeted but um we only did one layer in the end because the carpet man was supposed to come on a friday and he came on a tuesday and we hadn't painted that yet so in a day we were like quick we need to paint everything um so i had a mad rush doing that very kindly had some help from my dad so thank you thank you very much dad um on his birthday as well of all days felt absolutely awful but thank you very much very much appreciated we got everything done in time for the carpet guy so that was all good anyway um yeah we there are a few nicks or two and but it's fine we need to do a second coat of that so it's all good and I probably won't do that second coat until I've moved quite a bit of the furniture up especially my bed which is still currently in my loft at my parents house which I think we're actually gonna have to take it apart because um the way my like corridor slash stairs are in the cottage um it would be all right if the stairs would like directly oh just tap the mic then sorry little mic let me just leave that there um if I <laughs> I feel like I, I'm that person that will apologize to inanimate objects as if they are a person but anyway moving on um if yeah if the stairs were directly in line with where the door was it would be a lot easier to get all the furniture in but because you know it's kind of like a meter across you can't really get there's not much of a turning circle so um yeah we've had some interesting times getting stuff up the stairs it's it's tell you what going through this whole process because I've never really actually moved house before I don't know if I ever talked about that on my channel I've literally lived in the same postcode my whole life until now um so the house that my parents live in they actually built and we I think it was 2017 we moved in and we literally moved across the road there's like a house opposite and um, that's where there was my childhood home growing up so it was quite easy when it came to move in day 
Well, it was more of a move-in week. My parents decided to do it in half term, so me and my brother had the week off school so we could help them move stuff. And we literally just put everything in the back of the quad bike and moved it across the road. Like, it was very easy. Um, So as a kid, I never really had the experience of moving house or the stress of that. And, yeah, after going through this whole process, especially, you know, having a cottage that you didn't really really realise was falling apart, and now it was, but now it's not because it's back together again. It's all good. Um, But, yeah, going through all that, it's kind of made me realise, oh, I probably has made me not want to move house for a little while. I feel like once I'm in and once I'm settled, I'm going to be quite happy there for a while. So, um, yeah, did not realise how stressful it was. Even just like little things like making sure I've changed my address on everything because that's that's quite a lot. Like also, I feel like one of the things that all of my friends have like asked me that have moved house or moved like a lot of my friends have moved to uni or have been to uni um a lot of my friends are finishing uni this year which is quite wild I feel like that's gone so quickly maybe it's because of the pandemic like kind of lose a year kind of forget about that but anyway a lot of them ended up like ordering parcels or ordering deliveries and accidentally ordering it to their parents house rather than to their house and the thing is this sounds really bad, but I still order stuff to my parents' house. I don't think I've ordered a single thing to my house yet, apart from when I got my Wi-Fi, because I was like, I probably should order that to my house. So it's, you know, anyway, so the Wi-Fi company knows that's where I live kind of thing. Um, but yeah, because I'm just here like quite a lot because this is where I work. There's always someone at home. My grandparents live next door. So if we're not in, then they're always in to collect a delivery. So it's just a little bit easier. So I haven't actually had that problem yet or that struggle. So not really that as much of a struggle, but um, yeah, there we go. I still order everything here. <laughs> Sorry, mum and dad for all of my, I mean, my, I don't actually order that much. Most of it is like work stuff. So um, yeah, my work stuff just comes here anyway. <laughs> Also, can't believe I haven't brought this up yet, is um, one of my favourite pieces of furniture, probably because I haven't actually bought that much furniture yet, is one that I've, I was going to say I've made. I definitely haven't made it. I've created it by getting lots of other people to make it for me. Um, on my channel, I am very sort of DIY, as you've seen from the Cottage Renovation series. I've done a lot of stuff myself and a lot of things to save money also to, you know, show you guys that if I can do it, then you can too. But um, anyway, yeah, this one thing I was like, okay, this is like a little bit, you know, I'm going to get a professional to do it. And that is um, my dining room table. Now I wanted to, from the start get go, I was like, okay, I've got enough money in my budget that I can invest some money into this dining room table because hopefully this table, it will outlast me. I wanted to get something high quality because the dining room table, you know, that is something you use multiple times a day like you know you have your breakfast there you have your lunch there you have your dinner there so um I wanted something quite high quality and I was like okay I'm gonna look online look at some nice furniture places and it was quite a lot of money I was like okay but it's gonna be all right it's gonna be investment and then um we came up with the idea when I went to the sawmill to get all my bits of wood for like my mantelpiece and the structural beams how about I get a piece and make it into a table and it actually ended up way cheaper than you'd think and way cheaper than those fancier dining room tables that I saw online and I love it because it's unique to me like I'm literally probably the only person that has a table like this because it's from a 
beech tree and this beech tree was absolutely huge apparently it came from or came down it was fall it was falling down such needed chopping down near a local school to where i live and um so that was only from you know the woods only from a few miles away and then um got a guy like three miles away to sand it down and professionally varnish it there's a few little cracks in there so he's put some black resin in so it doesn't actually look like it's got resin in which is great he's done a really good job of it and then um Another guy a few miles down the road has made some um, metal kind of, they look like X's and they're kind of the legs for the table. So when you think about the amount of mileage that, you know, my tables had to be made, there's much better for the environment from, yeah, it's probably like only gone like five miles in its lifetime from going from tree form to table form, um, which is incredible. And yeah, it's, it is a work of art. Like it, is probably like a statement piece so um if you're thinking of investing your money into a new dining room wood look dining wood i mean it's made of wood a dining room table then i would recommend doing that because oh my goodness i i, I love it like the guy was like do you have any children i was like no but i would like to one day <laughs> and i'd like to keep this table for a long time so he has put a good varnish slash oil I, didn't, I think it's probably a varnish. Um, I always get that mixed up. I did that once in one of my episodes and I was like, I've just called it varnish when it's actually oil. Oh, goodness, people are going to think I'm stupid. Anyway, um, he, he's put something very protective on the wood. So hopefully, um, you know, if somebody, you know, spills a tea or coffee on it, then it's not going to be a disaster. Um, because I don't want to put like a tablecloth on it because it's so beautiful. I feel like that's just going to be, you know, a waste. So, um yeah, there we go. My dining room table I'm very excited for. So when that cottage renovation episode's out, I really hope you enjoy it and can appreciate the beauty because I'll probably just be sitting there eating my dinner and I'll just be looking at all the little curly-whirly kind of knots and things in the wood. But um, I feel like probably today I've talked enough. I feel like I just sit here and I just ramble and have a good old chat with you guys. It really does feel like I'm with like a friend on FaceTime. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of um, Esme's Country Life. Um, thank you again to the Dublin Hall Show for sponsoring to today's, I was going to say video then, today's podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much. And yeah, thank you again for making it number one in the um, UK leisure category. Still absolutely wild especially as you know this is only my third episode but yeah thank you very much and again apologies this episode was a little bit late i'm feeling a lot better now um normally without youtube videos i'm very good at making sure that even if i am ill i have like a few videos that need editing so i'm always good but obviously this is a little bit new for me i haven't sort of stacked up my podcast episodes or pre-filmed any in case something like this happens where I'm ill or there's a major traumatic event in my life where I'm just unable to film or that kind of thing or record but yeah anyway hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you all next time bye